The presidential motorcade had just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas and was circling through the fringes of the business district when three shots suddenly rang out. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slate Show. You know, a lot of people have what they call their first political memory. Um, and I don't mean that in the sense of a political awareness. I think that comes much later. I'm talking about a political memory that was based on historic events or something that was just historic that happened to be of a political background. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. Mine was actually, there's a couple of them that I want to note, but you know, obviously the first one for me was the landslide of Ronald Reagan versus Jimmy Carter. I remember sitting on the couch with my parents. You know, I was real little at the time. Uh, they asked me, oh, well, who do you want to be president? And, you know, of course, naive, dumb kid. I want Carter to be president because he was already in office. And my dad's like, no, son, we want Reagan. And later that night, Reagan goes to resoundly defeat Carter. Of course, he does it again with Mondale years later. Another political memory, though, that I had was of Gary Hart. If you remember, Gary Hart was running for office and a picture came out of him sitting on or him having this lady, this you know, attractive young lady sitting on his lap. Now he's married. <laughs> and this was a scandal. Something we don't really have anymore, do we? Or do we? It doesn't seem like it. It seems like things that should be scandalous aren't really looked as being scandalous anymore, unless you're on one political side of the aisle. But Gary Hart had to withdraw from the campaign and uh, over this woman sitting on his lap in a, on a yacht. And, you know, we had moments like this come up with different candidates. Of course, I think the changing tide the game-changing moment was the doubling down of Bill Clinton because Bill Clinton doesn't have any freaking integrity. He just has political savvy. And so what Bill Clinton did, of course, Monica Lewinsky, you know, Paula Jones, uh, uh, Juanita Broderick. I mean, you go down the list. And so he gets busted, hooking up with the intern in the Oval Office, and then he doubles down. And one of the things he does... Um, or one of the things he did right before it was when he was running for re-election, he got money from China. Hmm. And I remember nuclear secrets from Los Alamos being talked about being given over to the Chinese government. And then all of a sudden, Bill Clinton had a war chest to campaign on months before any contender can campaign against him. And of course, the GOP does what the GOP does and puts Bob Dole up there against him. But... The doubling down on scandalous behavior, and it proven to be successful. His poll numbers went up, apparently, somehow. He survived. That seemed to be the moment that everyone said, ah, to hell with integrity. And so over the years, we had, you know, scandals here, scandals there, and then you had the scandal-free presidency of Obama, Matan suit, which actually had the biggest scandal in U.S. history, of weaponizing the Justice Department and the surveillance apparatus of the United States against a political, a private citizen running for political office when they spied on Donald Trump using NSA and uh, FISA courts and what have you. 
FBI investigations. And so now we're here. And we are here in a moment where the dumbest political minds are also the most corrupt. And what I mean about, what do I mean about that? What do I, why do I say that? Well, that's because a lot of times it's easy to look at what's happening with the Chinese purchase of our president, which should be treason. It should be freaking treason. This guy took money from communist China. This guy has family getting money from the Ukraine. God only knows what we're doing with Ukraine. They're not even having elections anymore. Vladimir Zelensky said he's not going to have an election until after the Ukraine war is over with Russia. So I guess democracy means nothing. You know, we're fighting to save democracy, so we're just going to... What was the uh, George W. Bush quote about we're going we're gonna to curb free market capitalism principles to save the free market capital system. So we're going to, you know, to save democracy, we're going to end democracy. That's how Vladimir Zelensky in his dingy green shirt, you think the guy got billions of dollars of U.S. dollars. He could go buy a freaking green shirt that didn't look like it came out of a swamp. But we now have the most corrupt president in my lifetime and no one cares. Nothing is said. And in fact, what's even crazier about it is the mainstream media is kind of propping it up. And of course, when you have the judges and you have the justice departments and you have the apparatus of, of any sort of investigations minus Congress in your back pocket, your attorney general, who, thank God, he's not a Supreme Court justice, the douchebag Merrick Garland, um, you can do whatever you want. And so I think they've been brazen under the Obama administration for so long that they just did whatever they want. They didn't even care. And then now we're seeing it under, under the Biden administration. They just didn't care. And so some things have come to light about money and what's going on with China. Interestingly, listen to this clip from Joe Biden talking about how he spent a lot of time with Chairman Xi. I was on the Tibetan Plateau with Xi Jinping. I traveled 17,000 miles with him. I've spoken with him more than any other state because it started when I was vice president and President Hu was the president and he was the vice president. We knew he was going to be successful. It was inappropriate for Barack to spend that time with him, but I, I spent a lot of time with him. I met alone with him, just he and I, and a simultaneous interpreter, 68 times, 68 hours, 68 times, more than 68 hours. By the way, I turned in all my notes. Um, But, Mr. Godstruth, he asked me, we're in the Tibetan Plateau, and he asked me, he said, can you define America for me? I suggested one word, and I meant it. Possibilities. Possibilities. We're a land of possibilities. And I told him it's never been a good bet to bet against America. Never. And I can honestly say, I can honestly say I've never been more optimistic about America's future. I swear to God. That's pretty incredible. You know, he's allowed to do it. He spent 68, 68 hours or whatever. All this time with President Xi, I mean, did, did Xi just hand them the check right there in person? I mean, it's seriously ridiculous. 
But now we find out there's this WhatsApp exchange. So WhatsApp is a communication app. It's sort of like Signal or something uh, of that nature where it's encrypted and it's communications going back and forth. Um, here you go. In a whistle, in a WhatsApp exchange dated August 3rd, 2017, Hunter Biden tells Chinese communist firm business associate Gongwen Dong, a.k.a. Kevin. His name is Kevin. The Bidens are the best I know at doing exactly what the chairman wants for this partnership. So the message says, uh, K for Kevin. <laughs> Very simple. Number one, 10 million annual budget to use to further the interest of the JV. This move to 5 million is completely new to me and is not acceptable, obviously. Number two, all expenditures, expenses, salaries will be agreed upon by my board. My Biden's expenses and determination of how Biden loaned 5 million capital will be uh, determined by Awasco in consultation with Hudson. The Hudson capital will be utilized for expenses beyond those Biden Awasco uh, has committed to um, monochrome's business. K, we don't break five and the additional five can roll to next year if the chairman and CEFC review, it is favorable. It all has to uh, be agreed upon by the board. But if the chairman doesn't view this relationship as being worth less than $5 million, then I am just baffled. Number three, you saw minor clarification of exclusivity. Number four, we are all saying the same thing, I hope. Please, let's put this to bed tonight. Sign officially tomorrow or anytime, as late tonight as you want. And uh, get to work. I'm tired of this, Kevin. <laughs> or Gongwen Dong, a.k.a. Kevin. I can make $5 million salary at any law firm in America. If you think this is about money, it's not. The Bidens are the best I know at doing exactly what the chairman wants from this partnership. Please, let's not quibble over peanuts. And Dong responds, do you want me to talk to Zhang or you want to have a call together? That's in the WhatsApp. And so you put that into light with the five, was it 10 million deposited into their bank accounts that we don't even know what they did. You've got 10, 15 plus LLCs, all pass through entities, flowing money, throwing it around like Johnny Appleseed. And you've got all this money, no services. We don't know what he did. What, what service was he providing? And uh, we're supposed to understand that it's not affecting the leadership of our nation. That Joe Biden wasn't involved, although the other WhatsApp message that came out that said, I'm sitting right here with my father. I want you to sign this deal and get the money over to us. My father and I were going to be very mad about this. So obviously his father's in on it. Um, we, I, the policy is being determined because of what was being funneled in by China. I mean, it makes me wonder if COVID was pushed out because Trump started playing with the tariffs. Remember, he did that right before all this stuff started going crazy, right? As they were getting into the reelection uh, campaign era or season, he started tweaking and rolling back some of the trade deals with China. Sure, that made China pretty pissed. They had that lockdown for over the past couple decades. Now, I'm not saying that Trump was the reason for COVID. I think it served a larger purpose for the Great Reset. There are 
Look at Bolsonaro in Brazil. They're taking him up on charges and trying to get him to where he's not even allowed to run for re-election re anymore, for run for office, to get it back. After they somehow beat him, which it looked like it was stolen like Trump's. Hmm. So that's Trump. That's Bolsonaro, because Brazil needed to be taken over by the communists to have the BRICS, which is Brazil, Russia, China, India, so that they can all get together on currency and drop the U.S. dollar. Brexit never happened. In fact, Boris Johnson just quit his party. And he was basically ousted. Brexit didn't happen. Trump gets pulled out of office. So does Bolsonaro. And they're both trying to bring them up on charges to try to keep them from running for re-election. Hmm, that's kind of curious, isn't it? But the corrupt commander-in-chief, listen to him talk about selling secrets. I was just thinking, uh, uh, the, anyway, I started off without you. And I sold a lot of state secrets and a lot of very important things that we shared. I'm not sure if that was just a dumb political or dumb statement that he just rattled off. I mean, he's just sitting there with the president of, of, of England, of India. And he's talking about how he just, yeah, sold all types of secrets. Ah, uh, okay. I mean, it's so blatantly obvious. <laughs> it's like, I, I don't even know what to say about it. I mean, they're like telling you right to your face that they got all this money from China and from Ukraine and we're sending more money to Ukraine and we're going to keep sending more money to Ukraine while they're on pause for elections. And yet we're supposed to pretend like none of this is a big deal. Not at all. Your president is compromised by a Chinese adversary. Is that why we fled Afghanistan and gave China the base and the ability to mine for precious metals in Afghanistan while they make their partnership with the Taliban? I, sounds to me like that would be pretty beneficial. Is it why he keeps getting up there and doing these almost Hitler-esque, Stalin-type speeches with red backdrops and military people behind him and talking about how he's going to squeeze out the extreme MAGA? Are these signals to China? Hey, we're doing what you wanted. You paid me. We're doing it. It's, it's unbelievable. And what's even crazier is he had a phone. He had a global phone that he used as back channel while he was vice president so that we couldn't Freedom of Information Act any of the stuff he's talking about. He's going to do like Hillary Clinton, have a private server, maybe private phone. You know, they're all going to back channel all this stuff outside of the apparatus of the government, even though they're political figures that should be doing it all right there through the administration. And this is crazy. Listen to John Solomon, the great reporter, John Solomon, just the news. Listen to him talk about when he had the phone or he got the phone number and was privy to this global phone. What happened when he called it? 14. So we've got this about Merrick Garland. Pro tip, this person writes, when an IRS investigator says you're lying, always assume he's got receipts. Garland called the IRS whistleblower a liar. So whistleblower is now introduced. We talked about this yesterday, and you see from that yeah. law firm, six yep. different witnesses wow. saying, we're going to back this up. So I want to cycle through this to put on the table a couple of ideas. We talked to your team, uh, Joe Weber, yesterday about maybe an impeachment of Garland. Uh, then you got the next one there. This one, we've mentioned it, but I got to ask you about it. 
This story that Joe Biden used a secret global cell phone while he was vice president, paid for by Hunter's firm. And a moment ago, Terrence was talking about James Colmer, who I think was on Newsmax over the weekend, saying, I'm going to have more payments to the Biden family. There's more money. It's not just Russia, uh, Ukraine, China, you name it. And so between the Garland IRS stuff, Colmer and more payments, and this guy was using a secret cell phone paid for Hunter. I don't even know where to begin, John. Well, I'll tell a story. I've never told this story before. Only my editors at the, the Hill knew this back in 2019. Uh, I early on got some documents from the Hunter Biden laptop. By the way, before it was turned over for the FBI, there had been some documents that law enforcement had gotten through other means. And one of those documents got leaked to me, and it had a cell phone number that Hunter Biden was paid for. So I figured, oh, this is my chance. Maybe I can, I've been trying to get fair comment from Hunter Biden. So I'm going to call the cell phone. So I called the cell phone and guess who picked up the phone? Oh boy. Joe Biden. Joe? Joe oh Biden. What? Boy, was he shocked when he got, uh, when he picked up the phone and found out it was me. He hung up pretty quickly. Uh, but it was the first idea. And later when the laptop came out, we wow. were able to prove that there was, there were these uh, cell phone bills that were being paid for that, Certainly the laptop evidence suggested maybe uh, were Joe Biden's cell phones, but it was a shocker. I remember going into my editor saying, wow, hey, guess who I just reached? Like, oh, I guess Joe Biden had to get his phone. I called Hunter's phone and he picked up. This was uh, in the summer of 2019. And so uh, it's just, you know, uh, there is a lot more. We know from the good work that I did and Miranda Devine did that Joe Biden had a lot of bills being paid for by Hunter Biden. I think that the next big shoe to drop, even before Hunter appears in the court in late July, is that there's a strong possibility that there will be a, um, a cooperation by Devin Archer, the right-hand man of Hunter Biden during the early pursuit of foreign money, a man who moved between Joe Biden and Hunter Biden seamlessly. He knows what both guys were doing in all these foreign deals. I think that could be a seminal moment that could put a very dark cloud wow. over this president. Guys are darkening. One other thing I'll put on your map because I think it's very important. There's another whistleblower emerging right now who provided the Securities and Exchange Commission a detailed report in November of 2016. That's the earliest known instance wow. of uh, allegations of wrongdoing against the Biden family. He is emerging and beginning to cooperate with members of Congress. Uh, we could have something on that as early as next week. A lot of information is coming out of the woodwork. The, the storm clouds are darkening over the Biden family. Mm. I'm still trying to digest. You calling Hunter's cell phone or well, what you thought was Hunter's. Yeah. And Joe picks up. What do you say? Come on, man. Or what, what's that conversation? And, and, you know, and then I'm thinking, did he know that it was Hunter's phone? Was he confused? Maybe he thought <laughs> it was his phone. And, you know, a lot of times as people get elderly, their sons pay their bills. So maybe there's something going on there. It does seem like uh, the family enables this but man. But Joe told us I, I had nothing. Yeah, I had nothing to uh, do, I do with the business. What he said. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. It was funny. I, I, I realized, it. my God, that's not Hunter. Is this the vice president? And he said, I'm sorry, I can't talk right now. And he hung up. So, uh, but it was oh absolutely gosh. Joe Biden's boss. It was, it was a very funny moment. And, um, wow. and it, you know, it, it was the beginning of realizing that we were on the, on the cusp of something very big. And then, of course, all the Democrats started their counteroffensive and scared people away for a couple of years. But facts are a persistent thing. Whistleblowers are persistent things. We're getting the truth, and if it wasn't for Real America's Voice, Just the News, we might and Miranda Devine and a few others, we might not have gotten the truth. But thank God we've been digging, and, and the truth is starting to come through. The ice is blocking. Wow. That's been blockading the truth. is now falling out. That's pretty daggone amazing. He calls the phone, and Joe Biden picks it up. <laughs> no joke. Not a joke. Oh, 
And yet the American people cannot be moved. 81 million votes, cleanest election in lifetime of American history. Even though there was ballot stuffing and the recounts had boarded up windows and you've got a Time Magazine article where the AFL-CIO and Chamber of Commerce are laughing about how they helped steal the election. But nah, nothing happened. It was clean election. And now we've got this communist paid for uh, corruptocrat running our entire way of life. And, and you've got businesses like we talked about in the last podcast, like BlackRock and what have you, that are in on the scam because they're in on China uh, being a partner and they love the Chinese model because, you know, China is the model. You know, what did Larry Fink say? Democracies can be messy. Oh, we can't have messiness. We got to have authoritarianism so that we can get the right result that we want every single time. Now, is it corruption? Is it insidious anti-American hatred that's driving them? The Bidens? Actually, I'm going to reference an article. We're going to go through this article on the other side of the break. It's amazing. From Politico. And I think it was put out around the time that they were vying for who was going to be the Democrat nominee. And so it was almost like a hit piece on the Bidens. But when you read through it, it's not that they're these sinister people that are trying to make money off of the United States. They're morons. And in fact... It, you know, with the Clintons, the Clintons were somewhat savvy. They, you know, they can get through Rose Law, uh, Rose Law Firm, Whitewater, housing scandals. You know, they can get through all this stuff because they're shifty. They're just shady people. That's what the Clinton Foundation was for. I mean, they ran all that stuff through it, shut it down during the presidency of Donald Trump, and then opened it right back up after they stole the election. The Bidens, on the other hand, they liked that model. They wanted to mimic that model, but they were complete morons. I'm talking Jack Biden, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden. The only one that was somewhat smart was Bo Biden, and he passed away, and he didn't pass away in Iraq. It was cancer here in America. But we're going to go through this article because you get a little glimpse. My thing was I kept going when I was researching, I kept saying to myself, what was Bo Biden's role in and why was he the golden child at one point? And as I went through researching it, Bo Biden was around and he was being pushed into some of these orbits, but he was kind of like the smart one that said, I don't want anything to do with this. Hands off. I don't mean that he's clean. I'm sure we can dig up some political dirt on that guy just being a Biden himself. But he didn't like how dumb it was being rolled out. He didn't like how obvious and blatant and just it's, it's amazing. But it seemed to be little steps little corruption here, little corrupt business practice there, a little, and it just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think at one point they looked at it and said, hey, we can take on these, this stupid foreign authoritarian state that has a huge population and we can make a ton of money off of it. And they didn't realize they got duped by people that they looked at, looked down upon because they thought, hey, we're Americans and this is a bunch of morons that are you know, running this Neanderthal state. They got hoodwinked. And I wonder if they got so compromised that they don't, they don't have a way out. And so Hunter Biden's leaving laptops everywhere, leaving phones, I, I putting everything on his computer so that if you can find it, you got everything. I don't know. That's what it seems to be. And in reading this article, you get the snowball effect of this corrupt core, the corrupt worldview that they had. The, the, 
fast money schemes and the shady deals that they did and how they started small, started meager. And as they got bigger, it got more insidious and it is now at an apex. I mean, it's unbelievable. So we're going to get into this Politico article on the other side of the break. This is Adrian Slade. Okay, so let's go through this Politico uh, piece by Ben Schreckinger, Biden Inc. This is just amazing stuff. Listen to this. The day the Bidens took over Paradigm Global Advisors was a memorable one. In the late summer of 2006, Joe Biden's son, Hunter, and Joe's younger brother, James, purchased the firm. On their first day on the job, they showed up with Joe's other son, Beau, and the two large men ordered the hedge fund's chief of compliance to fire its president, according to a Paradigm executive who was present at this meeting. So it goes on to say, after the firing, the two large men escorted the, uh, the uh, fund's president out of the firm's midtown Manhattan office, and James Biden laid out his vision of the future. Quote, don't worry about investors, he said, according to the executive who spoke on a condition of anonymity, citing fear of retaliation. Quote, we've got people all around the world who want to invest in Joe Biden. At the time, the senator was just months away from both uh, assuming the chairmanship of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee and launching his second presidential bid. According to the executive, James Biden made it clear that he viewed the fund as a way to take money from rich foreigners who could not legally give money to his older brother and his campaign account. Quote, we've got investors lined up in a line of 747s filled with cash ready to invest in this company, the executive remembers James Biden saying. At this time, the executive recalled Bo Biden, who was then running for attorney general of Delaware, turned bright red. <laughs> Bet he did. <laughs> he told his uncle, quote, this can never leave this room. And if you ever say it again, I will have nothing to do with this. A spokesman for James and Hunter Biden said no such episode ever occurred. And Bo Biden died in 2015 at 46 years of age. Three former paradigm executives said James and Hunter also sought to capitalize on Joe's strong ties to labor unions in the hopes of landing investments for them. Charles Pravani, who briefly served as paradigms president said both James and Hunter repeatedly cited Joe's political ties when they recruited him to work for the fund. Quote, I was told because of his relationships with unions that they felt as though it would be favorably looked upon to invest in a fund as long as it was a good fund. That's what he recalled. Documents submitted just as part of a legal dispute over Paradigm's acquisition show James Biden planned to solicit investments for it from union pension funds. A spokesman for James and Hunter said they did not end up marketing the fund to unions. As Joe runs for Democrat, Democratic presidential nomination on the argument he can strongly appeal to the party's dwindling base of blue-collar supporters, the candidate has often made it a point um, that he hadn't gotten rich from his decades in politics. But as recently as 2009, his net worth was less than 30000 Though in recent years, he has made millions from book sales and speaking fees. There it is, guys. Remember, that's what they said about Bill Clinton. He got 500000 for a speech. Must be a hell of a speech. 
<laughs> that best that better be the best speech in the world. It was also around the same time that Rosatom sold our uh, Ukrainian, uh, I mean our uranium supplies uh, to Russia, <laughs> and he oversaw the sale along with, you know, Hillary, because she was the State Department leader. <laughs> it's so corrupt. Biden's image as a straight shooting man of the people, however, is clouded by the careers of his son and his brother, who have lengthy track records of making or seeking deals in cash and that cash in on his name. There's no evidence that Joe Biden used his power inappropriately and took action to benefit his relatives with respect to these ventures. Ha! There is now. We're learning it now. You can ask WhatsApp about that. What's that? Yeah, WhatsApp. We're learning Joe Biden had a significant role in this. But the article goes to lay out, and I'm going to get into this. We're going to get further down in the article where, like, the history of the Bidens and their shady deals go into play. Now, before we get into that, this is actually something that's pretty interesting, too. Within weeks of the encounter at Paradigm Global Advisors, Bo Biden won his race for Delaware Attorney General and never established any recorded ties to Paradigm. His political career kept him well clear of his brother and uncle's business endeavors. Now, James and Hunter are another story. There is no indication the Bidens ever succeeded in bringing new foreign money into the fund, but their involvement with Paradigm, which spanned the final two years of Joe's Senate career and the first two years of his vice presidency, was troubled for other reasons. In James and Hunter's five-year tenure, Paradigm became associated with a number of alleged and confirmed frauds, including Alan Stanford's multi-billion-dollar Ponzi scheme while seeking to draw on their powerful relatives' political allies for financing. That's the theme you're going to see. A lot of dumb, just a lot of dumbassery, a lot of dumb, corrupt uh, get-rich-quick schemes that just blow up in their face and put them in a world of trouble. <laughs> and that's kind of what's going on with this. Um, it's, it's crazy what some of the stuff they did. The pattern of dubious associations and possible conflicts of interest would continue later with Hunter's foreign dealings, which led him to a lucrative appointment to the board of a Ukrainian oil company, even though he had no oil experience whatsoever, and to... Deals with firms connected to Chinese state affi uh, affiliates. But it started far earlier. James. Now, James is the Roger Clinton of the Bidens, right? He is the, uh, what was the, Billy, uh, uh, Billy Carter, I think his name is. This is the dumbass brother, as if Joe, Joe was already dumb as crap anyways. When you make him bring his brother into the mix, it's even worse. James Biden, socially known as Jimmy, is seven years younger than Joe and a dead ringer for his famous older brother. He worked as a salesman and served as a finance chairman of Joe's first Senate campaign back in 1972 before embarking on a career as a serial entrepreneur. Yeah. Back in the 1970s, Joe was entering the Senate, taking a seat on the banking committee. James obtained unusually generous loans from lenders who later faced federal regulatory issues. Joe Biden was in touch with two of those banks about his brother's loans, once to scold a bank executive about invoking his name in attempts to collect, an overdue, uh, collect on overdue payments. 
In the 1990s, a group of Mississippi trial lawyers uh, enlisted James to further its interest in Washington as it sought congressional support for a tobacco mega settlement. A decade later, those Mississippi contacts supported Joe's presidential bid, hosting a fundraiser for him and accepting an invitation to accompany Joe to a high-profile Washington dinner, while they simultaneously prepared to launch a lobbying firm with James and his wife, Sarah. Plans for the firm fizzled when the Mississippians were arrested and then jailed for an unrelated bribery scheme. So we have a Ponzi scheme that fell through with this stupid firm that Paradigm won or whatever, and then you got, he goes back in the 90s and sets up this whole deal <laughs> with Mississippi trial lawyers, comes to find out they're arrested on bribery schemes. During the Obama years, several months after James joined a construction firm as an executive, the firm received a contract worth more than a billion dollars to build houses in Iraq while Joe oversaw the U.S.-led occupation of that country. I think he even said that Vladimir Zelensky's fighting that battle in Iraq, too, right? He misspoke today. Um, along the way, James partnered with his nephew, Hunter. Just the duo, the brain trust of genius that is the duo of James and Hunter. The younger son, of, or the younger of Joe's two sons, a graduate of George or Georgetown University and Yale Law School, Hunter... 49 has struggled with abuse while hopscotching between endeavors in law, business, and politics. Oh, he struggled with abuse. Smoking crack, leaving his crack pipe on a freaking dash of a rental car, and then he ends up getting busted for smoking crack and gets kicked out of the military, and he's just you know, doing crack and deprivation tanks on video. Back to the article, early in 2000s, before working with his un uncle, Hunter had opened a lobbying practice that landed clients with interests that overlapped Joe's committee assignments and legislative priorities. Ahead of his father's second presidential bid, he entered the hedge fund business with James. Oh, what a, I, they should call that block blockhead and not BlackRock. Blockhead hedge fund. Um, these entanglements could pose problems for Democrats as they seek to draw a contrast with President Trump, who they accuse of corrupting or corruption of mixing politics with his own family's business ventures. Well, not when you get the magic D. You know, that's, uh, when you get the magic D, you can do whatever the hell you want, and they're not going to touch you. But, um, yeah, James Biden, he is a piece of work, too. Um, <laughs> oh, man, let's go through this here. Because, yeah, he gets duped. So Paradigm One, let's go back to Paradigm One. So according to court filings, James Biden and a individual by the name of Anthony Lotito, he's a New York financial advisor, and he said his, uh, his older brother, Joe, wanted his son, Hunter, to find a job outside of lobbying. And so James is asking Anthony, hey, you know, uh, according to a complaint uh, that was filed that in New York court that he was hoping to hook Hunter up with a deal in the court filing of their own. James and Hunter denied that such call ever took place, but it was undisputed that Lotito and Hunter and James were soon exploring the purchase of paradigm together. It reminds me of stepbrothers, you know, the <laughs> prestige worldwide. These freaking dumbasses. According to court filings, James Biden and Lotito had been introduced to uh, each other years earlier by Tom Scotto, 
a former president of New York Detectives Endowment Association, a union around 2002, a year before Scotto had been named an unindicted co-conspirator by federal prosecutors in an organized crime scheme described at the time as the largest securities fraud bust in U.S. history. And he was busted trying to bribe union leaders in order to access union pension funds. Scotto, who denied the wrongdoing at the time, declined to comment on his relationship with James Biden and Lotito. After their introduction, a firm owned by Lotito, Globex Financial Advisors, began doing business with one owned by James Biden, which was the Lion Hall Group. Lotito and Biden later co-founded the company called AmeriCorps International Security, a private security firm. Man, they're just entrepreneurs all over the place. Prestige worldwide in hedge funds, prestige worldwide in security firms. According to court filings, not much was known about AmeriCorps, though James Biden said in court filings that the business was not successful. Of course it isn't. Lotito did not respond to the request for comment. By 2006, Latito, James, and Hunter were eyeing the purchase of Paradigm. James and Hunter brought in Larry Rasky, a lobbyist and longtime Biden advisor, who at one point, according to court records, was going to provide $1 million in financing. Rasky did not respond to a request for comment. They also obtained $1 million in financing from Simmons Cooper, a St. Louis area law firm with a fr- thriving practice representing asbestos victims. Partners in the firm had befriended the Biden son, steering business to Bo's Delaware law firm and donations to Biden's campaign coffers. Simon Cooper's interest aligned with Joe Biden's views. He was a prominent opponent of the creation of an asbestos trust fund, a measure that would have uh, curtailed lawsuits related to cancer-causing fibers. Things got messy quickly. <laughs> the prospective purchasers discovered that because of an accounting trick, the fund only had a fraction of the $1.5 billion in assets under management that it claimed, according to the court filings. James and Hunter also discovered that the attorney the trio had hired on Lotito's recommendation to explore the purchase, John Fasciana, had recently been convicted on 12 counts of fraud. Prestige worldwide! Fasciana... <laughs> Fasania declined to comment, and uh, they, uh, messages left at the number listed as Latitos were not returned. Despite the problems with the fund and souring relations with Latita, James and Hunter charged ahead with their acquisition of Paradigm. They purchased the fund without them in 2006. Are you smelling what I'm cooking? Lots of dumbass deals. Lots of them. And, you know, it's it goes back even further than that. I mean... The things that James Biden did, he seems like he is more the mastermind of stupidity in the Biden family. And then Hunter was just the fall guy. You know, Hunter's the one that got put up uh, in these situations. And now you know why he was bitching about having to pay for his dad's phone, the global phone that John Solomon called. (laughs) Yeah, listen to this. In 1972, Joe ran a scrappy campaign for Senate. Along with his younger brother in charge of the finances, the Bidens earned a reputation for being a tight-knit, fiercely loyal to one another family. People called James the Hammer. Yeah, when you're called the Hammer, and you got a legal background, you're a shady bastard. No sooner was the freshman lawmaker seated in the Senate. Um, He was on the banking committee. In early 1973, on the heels of Joe's election, James Biden 
and a business partner decided to open a nightclub. I wonder what that's going to be like. The club, Seasons Change, located in a shopping plaza near the Pennsylvania state line, would eventually fail. Oh, really? Leaving behind it a trail of debt and a trickle of embarrassing revelations about his financing, the pair had obtained a series of loans for $80,000, $60,000, $25,000 from Wilmington's Farmers Bank. At least one of those loans was unsecured, meaning it wasn't backed by any collateral that could be seized if the buyers or the borrowers stopped paying. When James began missing his payments, risking default, his brother became angry. Not at James, but at the bank. What I'd like to know, the junior senator told his hometown paper in 1977, is how the guy in charge of loans let it get this far. The paper looked into it. Quote, the answer, according to three former officers of the troubled farmer's bank in the Biden name, reported Delaware's uh, news journal, according to the paper, the bank had thought the senatorial name would attract club goers. Not so much. wonder if it's a strip club. It didn't attract enough to turn a profit, and by 1975, the bank was having problems collecting from James. That year, Joe Biden called Farmers Chairman uh, to complain about the bank's collection practices. As the News Journal later reported, quote, after a phone call, the former bank officers said the head of the, uh, the vice president of the bank was called into Danforth's office and told the senator had complained that his brother had been harassed. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. I mean, there's more. I mean, it just, it, you just keep going and going. It's like the Russian, uh, you know, the Russian nesting dolls. You keep peeling back the onion and you see more insanity. By the time the club was going under, Joe had left his seat on the banking committee for one with the Judicial Committee. As for James, after a stint selling real estate in San Francisco, he returned to the East Coast, set up a new firm, the Lion Hall Group. By the mid-1990s, he was working with a crew of corrupt Mississippi operators, as detailed in the journalist uh, Curtis Wilkie's book uh, back in 2010, The Fall of the House of Zeus. Um, in 1995, the famed Mississippi trial lawyer Dickie Scruggs set his sights on a gargantuan national settlement with big tobacco worth hundreds of billions of dollars to make such a settlement work. Congress would have to bless it by immunizing the tobacco companies against future legal claims. But Biden and many of his fellow liberals in Congress had reservations about passing any measure that absolved tobacco companies of further liability. As a part of the effort to win over Joe and the Democrats, Scruggs hired James Lion Hall Group, prestige worldwide legal, to help with legislative, executive, political, and social campaigns. And uh, neither James nor Lion Hall were uh, featured in the uh, appear in federal lobbying disclosures. The congressional measure, which was championed by Arizona Senator John McCain, failed to pass. There's no evidence James influenced Joe's votes on the legislation. And uh, yeah, Mr. Scruggs is among the lawyers who reached a multi-state settlement with big tobacco worth more than $360 billion anyways, Scruggs, a prolific Democrat donor, would become the world's richest trial lawyer and earn the nickname the King of Torts. It's just, it's just insane. I mean, when you just go through the history of the Bidens, you know that there's just shady deal after shady deal. There's more of them in this story. I mean, I can go on and on. I'll be sitting here for another 30 minutes talking to you about all of the crazy shady deals, nightclubs, security firms, hedge funds, law firms. It's, but 
one can take the pattern and say, okay, maybe they decided, hey, now that he's vice president, we can go overseas. And some of these countries that some of these other people like the Clintons were dabbling in, like in Ukraine and what have you, maybe we can go in there and make our own deals. You know, you had, uh, Sid, was it Sidney Blumenthal? I can't remember the guy's name. They called him the hammer too, I think. Um, he had a lucrative firm that had one part pushing chaos in Libya and another part rebuilding Libya. And he was getting paid handsomely. So these people in, in power, whether they're peripherals like, you know, Sidney, Sidney Blumenthal or some of these other people or their actual political elected officials, they're all dabbling in this stuff. They're all doing this. They're all corrupt. And I think the Bidens were just dumb and decided to mess with the wrong people. And I think when they messed with China, saw the money, and China was just looking to buy people out. China's buying universities. China's buying the medical community. China's buying politicians all over the place. He's got uh, Elaine Chow, Mitch McConnell's wife. They've got, um, they've got a ton of people. I mean, it's, it's just insane how many people. Dianne Feinstein had a Chinese spy driving around for 20 years. They're all in on this. And China knows if it wants to become powerful in the world, then it needs to own the world. It needs to own the levers of power. It needs to own international business conglomerates. And they can do that through bribes. They can do that through purchasing power. And that's what they've done. And so when you look at something like COVID, they're able to hoodwink everyone into believing it's not a bioweapon, which we just now found out today that they finally confirmed it was a bioweapon, that it wasn't leaked from a Wuhan lab that was worked on with uh, American bureaucrats and, and science organizations along with the Chinese, that it wasn't some pangolin bat soup, you know, jump to humans BS. And they could turn around and say, hey, we'll just follow our lead. You must follow our lead. We're going to lock down our country and we're going to make every business shut down. And they were able to do that with Africa. Well, actually, Africa is the one country that bypassed it. I don't know why. I think it's because they all take the hydroxychloroquine. But I meant to say Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and America. Africa was the one nation to slip by. Hmm. But they're already bought and paid for by Belt and Road. And there was a whole story that I may get into on the next one uh, that basically China's calling the notes on some of these countries because they ain't got the funds to keep up and that they've overextended themselves on infrastructure that they've relied on China to build and they don't have the funds to pay it back. And uh, it's not looking good, but this is what happens when we just turn our backs and just blame the big Republican. Let's go after Donald Trump. Donald Trump doesn't do it. Let's go after DeSantis and we just allow the magic D to run rampant, we get corruption like you've never seen at levels I couldn't have ever fathomed. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. Check out the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker. You can also follow me at Adrian Slade Show on Twitter. We'll see you guys next time.